0: Hi, I'm Ariel. Hi, I'm Bethany. We're sisters and Asian American millennials bringing you the AMB Table House podcast every Monday. Come hang out with us while we talk about topics that catch our interest, the Asian American experience, and everything in between. Welcome to the pod. Hi-yo. Hi, Yo. Hi, Jia. Oh, nice try. <laughs> <laughs> They sound I, told, I told Yo that every time we say hi-yo and hija her my hi-yo sounds so enthusiastic and her hi Jia sounds literally so depressed to talk to me. Okay, I'm just gonna sound I told you I'm gonna sound that way. I've said every single pod I'm gonna sound that way until tax season is over. So please people stop giving me your tax returns. Thank you very much. Unless there's three pages long, because then that's fine. Oh I know what we should talk about. What? Okay well this episode we're going to talk about college but before we get to our college topic we have two quick hits of current events. So the first one um, is lighter. Did you hear about that giant boat that got stuck in the Suez Canal? Yes I did. (laughs) There are like all these memes about it. I just thought it was funny but like it's unstuck now like so so funny yeah all the drama is over yeah. we probably should have mentioned it in our last podcast but we were kind of over current events so we didn't say anything yeah also I feel like it was just like it's not like a big deal like it wasn't like like a big big thing it was just kind of like a funny big thing and people are just yeah. like oh my gosh is it gonna affect my amazon packages and it's just like chill it's good yeah. be yeah <laughs> Well, it was like backing up like millions or maybe billions of dollars in revenue. Yeah, billions of dollars every day. It wasn't like immediately impactful, but it was just funny because, you know, usually I think I was listening to the Betches and their take on the boat story. Oh, not the Betches. I was listening to a Crooked Media podcast, which I love. I listen to it every morning. It's called What a Day. And they were talking about what about the boat story was like so hilarious and fascinating it was like you know all these current event stories are so complicated nowadays like you have to know this whole backstory and all this information about all the people involved and in this case it was literally just like big boat big stuck like that's it (laughs) that honestly is what it is big boat big stuck lose money lose packages (laughs) <laughs> one of the ladies was like it was just so refreshing to have a new story that was so straightforward and I was like yes big boat big stuck <laughs> <laughs> I like that okay call it big boat big stuck well big boat now big unstuck so that's yeah cool. and then the other thing that I just wanted to mention but I don't particularly feel like this Discussing much I guess we can discuss a tangent of it which is there was this um lady in New York who got like brutally attacked in front of a luxury apartment building by a man um like she got like kicked down to the curb and like he ran away and then the that was already terrible by itself and then the fact that they caught the whole thing on security camera footage from inside the lobby of the apartment building and the security guard was like standing right inside the door of the apartment and the door was open and it was all glass. So you could clearly see what was happening. And after the whole incident occurred with he didn't do anything during the whole attack. Then the attacker ran away and the lady was just like lying on the ground. And he literally walked to the door of the apartment and closed it what the heck like she was like just lying on the sidewalk and he just like went and closed the door and totally ignored her yeah it was I hope he got fired like he did so hard well he got suspended I last time I read he was suspended or he was fired like there's definitely um consequences for his inaction which I think is really important um, especially when he's hired as a security guard, and then something yeah. happens, and it's like because I like usually like things don't really happen, but then the thing happens, and that is your job. That's your and job, you yeah, negative do your job, yeah. so like the one thing, I guess the two things I wanted to highlight about the situation is one, I've been seeing so many like videos and photos of like people are calling it trauma porn and I think it happened a lot with the Black Lives Matter movement this past summer where people are posting a lot of videos of you know like um, police brutality and then now for Asians like a lot of these attacks that are being recorded that people are putting it all over social media and I feel like I cannot go on Instagram or Twitter for anything without like seeing these repeated videos like this this specific incident that we're talking about now I must have seen like more than 30 different posts of the video and like I could not escape it and after like I would just like see the beginning frames of the video like the apartment doors and I would just feel like anxiety and like close my phone because I was so like I didn't want to see it again you know. Mm-hmm. and they were like the, yeah. video- the pictures of like that old lady that got attacked and her like bruised face like yeah you're like scrolling on Instagram so quickly and it pops up and then I'm like oh my gosh like I didn't want to see that you know yeah it's like hurts and I don't know like I'm wondering how like black people when they were going through that this past summer how they dealt with it I don't know how, if you've experienced that or if you've felt that with everyone like documenting it more and it getting more attention recently, specifically against Asian Americans. I know like you haven't had that much time to be on social media, but. Yeah, no, I I still feel like I've seen like a lot of stuff and I don't know, like I've just like been listening to a lot of the news and just try to keep up with what's been going on every single time, like another Attack against like an Asian happens, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like not again. But yeah. a lot of the times, like it just makes me so wary about like walking outside because like, I don't know, back before this all was happening, like before Corona, um, and all of like, these more targeted attacks t- t- towards like Asians, like I would just like t- like you know walk casually, just like do my thing, like happy to be like an Asian American. Um, but now I'm just, like, so self-conscious about people seeing what race I am, Same. you know? Yeah. yeah. So it's always just, like, I kind of take a step back. And if I'm meeting somebody new, because, like, I'm working in person, so a lot of, like, delivered people or clients, they come to the door. And if I, like, if they see me for the first time, I'm always just, like, oh, like, a little bit hesitant being like how are they going to react at the fact that I'm Asian like some things are like I never really thought of before and thankfully, yeah. like I live in a more like slightly more progressive place so I haven't really dealt with a lot of like full-on Asian racism but I still feel very wary about about it, and I just feel very like over like I'm very conscious, conscious. yeah yeah yeah. And I think we, neither of us really experienced that as much when we were growing up because our hometown was super diverse. We had a big population of Asians in our community. So we I never really felt like I stood out much in our hometown. Yeah, I felt like I belonged in, yeah, just, there's some Asians there. Yeah. But I guess we'll get into this a little bit later. I think specifically for me, like, when I went to college, I definitely felt out of place, but we'll get to that. Yeah, Um, and then the other point I wanted to make was a lot of Asians are, like, focusing on the fact that the guy that attacked the woman in this story was a Black man, and I just think that that's not what we should be focusing on right now, and I think the fact that, you know, when, for example, the white shooter he killed all those Asian women but you know people society as a whole focus on him as an individual and we're like okay that one white man is bad but in this case I think it's hard to process but also like we, we need a like the whole situation is like this hurtful terrible thing that happened and it's difficult to process in the first place but we need to be conscious of our own biases against the black community because in this case you can't just see them as a monolith black people as a monolith and be like oh this one black person attacked this one asian woman so all black people are bad and like you know they it he, that person is an individual and we should treat them as an individual um yeah i think this so they were talking about that on the Betches podcast yeah and then there's like people are I read on Twitter, some guy was like, oh, like, we supported you during, like, I went all to, like, the rallies just in the protests during Black Lives Matter this past summer, and, like, why are you doing this to our people now? But, you know, it's not transactional. It's not like, oh, we do something for you, and then you should support us. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. we should be supporting each other regardless, you know, and Mm -hmm. I think, it's tough because everyone's just trying to like claw to the top because of the way our society is all the minorities are just like pitted against each other to try and get second place or whatever but we kind of need to break that perception and break that formula and be like okay if we just all support one another we don't need to be fighting for quote-unquote second place right Yeah. Be fighting for equality for all of us. Yeah, agreed. For those of us out there, especially Asian Americans, I think it's been really difficult to process all of these attacks and racism. But then, on top of that, you know, when you're in the right mental space, because, you know, we have to take care of our own mental health first. Because I was like, I need to just take a break from social media to not see all these triggering videos. But then, also, after I take that time and space for myself, I need to also be critical. Of my own bias. I I feel like I constantly need to be thinking about that. Yeah, that's definitely a good point. Okay, do you want to start us off in our little college talk? Yeah, so this podcast is mainly we're focusing on college and um, kind of just normalizing bad college experiences because like I think, like, when I, before I went to college, okay, this is just, like, the the craziest thing ever, I just thought of this, but, um, you know how there was that whole thing, it was just so ridiculous how the world was going to end in 2012? Yeah, I remember that. And that's the year that you graduated high school, and I was graduating in 2015, but, like, Okay. I definitely like did not believe that the world was going to end in 2012, but I had like this weird feeling that I was never going to make it to college for some, point, some reason. I'm just like, something's going to happen. And I'm just like, not going to end up going to college. Like college is just not going to happen for me. I don't know why it doesn't make sense to me now that I think about it. But for some reason in my mind, I'm, I, I just like felt like college was so far off because like when I'm in that high school mentality, it just like college is a different world. So I feel like maybe in one part of my mind, I was kind of thinking like compartmentalizing and not wanting to deal with the fact that college was happening. And it was like such a big change and I wasn't really ready for it, but it was gonna happen. Um, So I just like made some decisions for myself based on college, like, oh, like I really wanna go to Boston for college. Oh, I wanna be a teacher. settled like college settled but then I never really dealt with the fact that was actually happening and like taking steps to like prepare myself for such a big change so in my mind I'm just like you know what like it's fine college is never happening I'm never going to college but obviously I went to college (laughs) (laughs) yeah I I feel like I had a similar thing as you like I knew that college was gonna happen but it felt like, you know, up until graduating high school, you have such a clear path, or at least I did. I was like, okay, like, first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, and you just, like, keep going through the grades. Like, yeah, no, it's just like, linear. It's very, yeah, like, you know what to expect. And then there's this big gap in my mind of, like, oh, like, obviously, I'm going to go to college, but I, I don't know what, like, I don't know, or like, I couldn't like really, like, picture thing. it. Yeah. It's, it's like, like, so what- separate. Yeah, what I pictured in my mind is like what I knew from, like movies or books about people yeah, and like, like partying and like having the best yeah. time ever. Yeah. Um. Tell us, tell the listeners, about how you picked what you wanted to major in when you went off to college. Yes, yeah, so I've always wanted to be a teacher. Um, I settled on that because in high school, okay, well. I think this started a oh, long time ago. Um, we're really, really close with our family friends, the Chong, so Timmy and Chris. We're mostly close with Timmy because his older brother, Chris, is like much older. But for some reason, our families are so closely knit that we do every single thing the same way up until like my career path. So we all did the lifeguard track. But um, I don't know why. I just loved teaching kids the lowest level, just like teaching them to swim. And I just like loved being able to transition them into like not being able to do anything by themselves and finally being able to swim by themselves and it's just like so rewarding and I did a lot of babysitting as well and I just enjoyed spending time with kids so I thought that teaching was probably a really good path for me as you know now I am not a teacher I'm an accountant so (laughs) how did that happen um I would say like all right going back in time was a much different time in our family like now our parents are like much more relaxed like my mom was a different person I tell like my friends now who didn't know my mom back then when we were growing up they're like I could never imagine your mom even disciplining you or like being upset or like mad at anything and I'm like oh my god different person if only Um, they knew if only they knew. Like, I tell, Maylee, like, literally is like, your mom, I can't even imagine her being upset ever. Oh, my goodness. But yeah, so like back in the day, mom used I feel to like rage. Oh, my, <laughs> yeah, mom used to full on rage. <laughs> there there are some stories. We can have oh, yeah. mom on and yeah, we'll say have all, a, we'll tell and all the stories and see how she top. defends herself. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I. I felt a lot of pressure from my parents to not be a teacher just because I understand just like the struggle of coming to America and wanting to give your kids like a better life and making sure that whatever path they choose, they can support themselves and continue to have the life that you are hoping they will have when you're coming to America. So um, I definitely felt pressured to not be a teacher because of like, you know, classic teacher salaries are very low and a lot of people complain that teachers don't make enough to support themselves and um I remember this so clearly I was like on my mom's bed with my mom and my sister and I was just like getting like told basically to not pursue education and maybe try something else because like I didn't want to go into medicine everybody else did like Chris went Chris's doctor, Drexel. Oh my goodness. Drexel Med. Oh, you I forgot really EMT. One of them. Yes, EMT and Drexel Med for yeah. Chris, my sister, and Timmy. And I it was it stopped at me. I didn't do EMT and I never thought medical was my path. Um, I'm just like such I'm so bad with blood. Like when I do my lifeguard test, my sister had to go through the lifeguard book and put post-its over all of the like the pictures of things that I didn't want to see, like all the gory stuff. Like the lightning sh- strike kind of aftermath when people get like struck by lightning or whatever if they're in the pool um so she had to go and cover those for me so yeah medicine was never yeah the thing for and you me. you like still hate getting shots oh my gosh I'm like terrified to get the vaccine like I want to get it but I'm also like I have to get poked twice with yeah. a needle that is like extra big what was that time when we were at Doc, where were we? And you were getting a shot. And <laughs> you were know, literally exactly. like, don't try to like talk to me to <laughs> yeah. distract me. Like, the, the exactly lady was being going. so nice. And no, this was, was like, our pediatrician, Dr. Vakil. <laughs> so she was asking me how I was doing. Mm-hmm. You this were was so Literally, rude. when I was in college. No, I wasn't yeah. rude. Really, I was just like, You were in college. like You were so a full grown, grown, grown woman. A grown woman. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, yeah, I was like 18 or 19. Um, and then I went to get a shot. Um, it was probably like some shots that I was missing to like go to college or something. And or she was like asking me, like, Oh, like how's um, it going? Are you excited for college? Like yeah. all that kind of something I was like, don't try to distract me, Dr. Peel. I know what you're doing. Like I can see the needle and I like it's not gonna distract me because I'm still scared. <laughs> yeah, and my mom, my mom and I just looked at each other like, how is this child the way she is? yeah my mom just goes don't be rude And I like, yeah. I'm not being rude I'm just telling her that it's not working I can see the needle um but yeah anyway so they knew that medicine was not for me and that I wanted to be a teacher but they knew that they couldn't really convince me to to go into to medicines or like my mom never wanted us to go to doctor she's like oh maybe nursing or something but the best they could do was convince me to do business um and that's how I ended up in the business school honestly like I really like business I don't regret it I think like everybody should be business savvy in some sense Mm -hmm. which is nice because like I feel like being the only one in like my immediate family that does business um I can definitely help them with just like their finances and stuff but yeah like just last night we were like talking to our dad oh, my <laughs> and, yeah. and my and then dad had like all these questions about like roth and like 401 He was getting them all confused and he also couldn't hear bethany for some reason and so they they were like screaming at each other over like facebook messenger chat about Roths and like 401ks and I was just like there as a bystander and it was so funny I was laughing so hard and Kieran was like what are you giggling about I forgot to send the email the the email breakdown (laughs) yeah so Bethany was supposed to send like an email summary about all the differences and whatever so I'll do that eventually I know I think it's super helpful that you have that expertise because it comes in handy like in tax season especially um and then like when I need help or I can't figure out like which tax documents or like what a credit is or like what a tax deductible what's what is what isn't like it's super confusing because I feel like a lot of people are financially illiterate like I feel like I'm not very financially literate so it helps a lot to have somebody you know that can kind of like teach it to you or t- explain it to you in very simple terms that you can understand. Yeah and I also this was like very early college like I just started and I hadn't made my like full then to now transition where I know a lot more about my family and I'm a lot closer with my family so I felt like kind of a black sheep because I wasn't doing anything that my family was doing and I didn't actually know that all of my aunts my mom has four sisters all of them work in accounting and I was like oh I guess I my family my immediate family is actually the black sheep of the bigger family because all four families are business except for our family yeah. and then I'm I kind of belong because like I'm also a business cute. you know so I thought so that was really cute. cute yeah and then um my cousin Rachel she we basically do the same thing um she worked at another big four accounting firm and she, but she did audit and I did tax but basically like same thing um we what both went the same track like uh, becoming like accounting majors and um like cpas i bet that was part of why when mom didn't know what you should do she encouraged you to do business because all her sisters probably yeah so she felt like it was a known entity and she knew she would be able to like guide you better that's definitely why because i don't know why she was always so so like or, I don't know. Oh, I don't know what the word is, but like she was so always like stuck on you being like a businesswoman or like doing business. Like she's always saying that about you. Yeah. But I bet it's because she sees like her independent, strong sisters being women in a way, yeah. like Cheryl yeah. Aye. And so she like sees you as that too. Yeah. And my mom has like these weird, Dreams for me and my sister. I don't think either of them are coming true, but (laughs) I can reveal the one that she has for me because it's very relevant. My mom's dream for me is to become a CEO of what company I don't know, (laughs) when I don't know, and with what credentials apparently none. But my mom's dream is for me to become a CEO. And I feel like the only way that'll happen is if I start my own business, which will not take off because that is hard so no it would take that sorry mom I don't think I don't think that dream's coming true but I think it was like slowly coming if you like put your mind to it felt like you had a really good idea that would be viable and you put all your energy into it for sure it would succeed like one million times Virgo energy that would so succeed but like I think what you're missing is is that idea that makes you passionate and want to, like, chase the dream, you know? That's the missing element. Yeah. Like, see, I have those things, but then all of the things that I am passionate and I feel that I'm, like, fully passionate to do, I have to work on the weekends. And that isn't really something I'm passionate about. (laughs) What do you mean? Like, your candle-making thing, you wouldn't have to work on the weekends. I would have to work on the weekends because people... Okay, so if we okay side note this is our business idea don't steal wait from don't do tell it don't we're recording it. it don't tell it. Okay, fine okay it has to do with candles but like if people <laughs> were to come and like make candles and our, de- stuff, our idea is so good you guys we it's can't not just it. like patty wax or like it's not just make candles. a candle studio no trust, it's not just candles. trust and believe that this is a genius idea and we will reveal it to you one day <laughs> Yeah. It's not just like one of those places where you just go and you make a candle for a day. So like, but has similar, similar vibes, but updated. Um, You would have to work on the weekends for that. Everyone is enjoying their life and like wants to do those fun activities on the weekend. No, well, we would maybe have to work on the weekends in the beginning to get an interest and get, you know, a clientele. But then after you get big, you only offer it the days you're only working on the weekends because you need to make money. You need to like break even or make profit. But once you're able to make like perfectly well beyond a profit, you don't have you can work whenever you want. For those business listeners out there, now you can fully understand what I mean when my family does not understand <laughs> how businesses work, because that is not how business works. And you will definitely need to work on the weekend. No, you don't. Um, have to. How do all those shops that only open during the weekdays? like survive like what shops oh oh, all the shops like what shops are only open on the weekdays from nine to five please tell me um I don't know I have need some time to think but like there's definitely like little shops that are only open on weekdays or like you are open during the weekend but then you're closed on like Monday and Tuesday or something yeah that's a little bit easier but then it's like Everyone else is having fun on the weekends. I want to have fun on the weekends. I don't want to have fun on a Monday. Yeah, but the shop it no one else fun. is having fun with me on Monday. Yeah, but if you're having fun on a Monday or Tuesday, things will be less crowded than on the weekends. Yeah, but then none of your friends are gonna be free. It's okay. We'll have each other because we're gonna open this business as sisters. Obviously, you guys, you knew that already. <laughs> we're gonna is- hang okay. out with each other for the rest of our lives. <laughs> I'm going to have zero friends. Only you and my dog because they won't leave me alone. You're so rude. Also, I would totally leave you alone. So just don't take me for granted. You rude thing. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So that's my story about how I chose my major. (laughs) Your story. Your turn. Okay. uh, Mine is easy I am Asian and my dad was a doctor and I was like from literally like three years older however old I was to have like a brain to make thoughts I was like I'm gonna be a doctor too and then I never thought about it any more than that because literally everyone I told from such a young age that I wanted to be a doctor it was obviously like positively reinforced so like people when I was like too young to make any decisions about what career I wanted to do for literally the rest of my life I was just like yeah I want to be a doctor and they'd be like oh that's so good like that's so great for you like how proud will your family be and obviously like my parents would also reinforce this and whenever we would like See other people, they would be like, Oh my gosh, like, guess what? Ariel wants to do when she grows up. She told us already, she knows. And then they would be like, Oh my gosh, what is it? And I would be like, So proud to like. You know, like when you're a little kid, you just only want to get positive feedback and attention, right? So you'll like, you know how kids will do like silly, funny things to just like get attention from like their parents or like their siblings and stuff. So that was basically what I was doing. It was like a show and I would just be like, yeah, I want to be a doctor. That's why I switched because it's like, I don't want to hear negative feelings about the fact that I want to be a teacher anymore. So fine, I will switch so someone can tell me I'm doing a good job. Yeah. And so I was feeling exactly what you felt, but it was ingrained from like literally day one that I was able to form a thought in my mind. And so you should post that picture of you with like the little plastic Dr. Kit. (laughs) Yeah. And Sparky. Yeah. Sparky is our the family dog that was like alive before I was born. And then yeah, he went to live with my grandma when I was born. And then he ran away. Yeah. So little Benny's fault basically that he's gone. Well, I'll post the picture of me and Sparky with my little syringe. Yeah. So then as I got older, um, there was a phase where I wanted to be a vet because I really love animals. Like I'm not joking when I say I love animals I love all animals like including snakes and like reptiles and all that stuff like I'm upset. Except she's allergic she's allergic to all these animals yeah I'm I'm like pretty allergic but I feel like I've grown out of it a little bit now and That's like we're not around we, animals yeah like we had we got a dog when I was a junior in high school and he had to be like this hypoallergenic one but I'm still allergic to him so that sucks but Um, as long as I don't like itch my eyes and stuff, I'm fine. But then I was like, oh, well, I'll have to like eat Claritin every day or like, I'll, it'll be really annoying to have to like work with animals. And then I really didn't want to put them to sleep. That like made me really really sad. So I was like, okay, I can't be a vet. And then beyond that, I literally never really took the time to process and think about like, oh, maybe there's other fields outside of like science and medicine that I might be interested in because I was like a huge bookworm growing up like always nose in a book like I would be literally reading in class like I would get in trouble by my teacher for like having my book under my desk and reading while she was like having instead class. of going to like recess and stuff yeah and I would read instead of going to recess read in class read when I got home read like in the night sitting on my hardwood floor in my yeah. bedroom by the night nightlight like and then literally my mom... Harry Potter under the covers yeah, and then my mom would come in and get mad yeah. that I was, like, reading by the night light, so she got me this little, like, book light that you could, like, clamp onto the book, and it would, like, come over and, like, be right above the page, but then what she didn't expect was that I would use it deep into the night and, like, read under my covers, yeah. and that was probably yeah. really bad for my eyes. Anyway, I never, I never really thought about, like, having a career on, like, maybe, Journalism, or like I, I feel don't know. like that would be have been really cool for you. I know, but I just like never process these things. I was just like, not like journalism, just one track But you mind. could be like a like a literature professor. I feel like that would be really cool. Oh my god, I didn't think about that. I literally right? die. Like, isn't that I also have a huge cool book obsession. I just buy books and they just pile up all around my bed, like my. it's <laughs> kind have, have been like an editor, yeah look all these thoughts regrets so many regrets anyways I was obsessed with the idea of me being a doctor so here I am and I forced myself all the way through medical school I guess I was smart enough to make it through somehow I don't I really guys I do not know how I made it through I'm an imposter but here I am oh for sure I picked pathology because it has a good work-life balance at least compared to other medical specialties so and I I honestly enjoy my job like I like It's very visual. Like I'm looking at slides, recognizing patterns, rendering diagnoses. It's very satisfying. And I feel like the pathologist always gets the last say in a case. Like when you don't know what's going on with the patient, you do a biopsy and we give you the answer most of the time. Um, and that's like, you know, the end of the question, basically. Like you're not just like drawing labs and you don't know what's going on. I feel like that suits you so well because like in an argument, you always like to say the last word. Yeah. And I, I love having the answer. I hate like having so many questions and then they're just like all these questions. Like I like being like, okay, this is the answer. Problem solved. Next case, you know, like so satisfying. So yeah. I really enjoy that aspect of my job. But I feel like I just have the regret of not having explored other things before finally settling upon this, you know? Don't you feel yeah, the same? I think both of us feel that way. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, so that's how we... Picked what we were going to study in school and then yeah. I guess now we can transition into talking about like our college experience so I yeah. know we alluded to it a little bit in the previous episode that it wasn't exactly what we envisioned and we thought it would be really funny to share some like funny roommate stories do you want to tell yours Ooh, my oh my god okay a slight tangent though but like one of the big reasons that I wanted to go into education is because I, I feel it even more now that I've gone through the whole process myself, because like, I felt so, so dumb in high school. Like I was like barely skating by, I feel. And I was like, yeah, like natural, like, thankfully my dad is like very smart. So I got some of his like natural smarts. So like I did like find for myself that I could like go to like a good school, but also I didn't, feel that I was actually smart because in high school they stress STEM classes so much. And mm-hmm. STEM is just not my forte at all. I'm bad at history. I'm bad at like science. I'm bad at reading, writing. The only thing I'm kind of good at is like math, but like not to a very high level. And I just like geometry a lot and like statistics, but like a lot of people don't oh, as math. I know. <laughs> but I was just like bad at everything else in high school. Um, so I just like felt really dumb and then when I went to college and I was so good at like business accounting and I just didn't feel that high school or any kind of schooling before that gave any stress on topics other than STEM. So it was really hard for me to explore any other options and understand like, you're not dumb. You're just not exposed to things that are actually present in the outside world so Mm -hmm. a lot of the times I just like I still want to be like maybe like admin in education that hopefully I can like try to help implement some changes so that kids can be exposed to like more career choices that are like real career choices like Mm -hmm. not every single person does something in science like why do we do so much science in high school (laughs) like why do we always do science It's like no one does like that much science like only like doctors but you don't do that kind of science as a doctor really so yeah no. that's really frustrating to me but okay back to topic yes let me tell you about my roommate troubles in college oh here we go I'm so excited oh all right well this is a little bit tough for me to talk about just because like a lot of people know who I roomed with in my freshman year of college um there's just like so many things I made sure to clear a lot of the things that I that were important to me from a roommate before I decided to room with her just like oh like if Krishna comes to visit is that okay um and she's like yeah that's totally fine like I'll stay with like a roommate or whatever um or like I'll stay with a friend and I'm like okay like I here's like the kind of sleep schedule that I'm on Um, I'm a really light sleeper but I don't mind if like you make noise or anything just like don't like be super excessive but you know I just am a light sleeper just want to let you know and she's like okay like that's fine I'm a really heavy sleeper so like I'll sleep through anything I'm like okay that's great she's like yeah i like sleep like normal hours as well like blah 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 and then we are we agree we're like okay let's let's room together this sounds like it'll work out multiple times though I just like felt that all of these things she told me were just lies because um I would tell her whenever Krishna was visiting I would tell her like a month in advance I'd remind her at like two weeks I'd remind her a week beforehand and every single time she'd be like yes like that's totally fine sounds good and then like a couple times like it worked out it was fine but like this one time Krishna literally was there it was 11 p.m that night I did the whole like reminder month two weeks week notice and everything was fine the night that he's there 11 p.m she sent me like an essay and is like these are all the possible reasons why I cannot stay anywhere else and I'm just like I gave you so many moments to say if there's anything wrong and I always prefaced it if it's not okay please let me know and I said this before we moved together if this is not okay please let me know because like I don't want to go into this blind, like, I don't want to, like, I'm I'm laying all my cards out on the table, um, and telling you exactly what I want, if it doesn't work out, it's not a big deal to me, but, like, maybe she's, like, a little bit of a people pleaser, and just, like, wants to say that it's fine, but then, like, she sends me this essay being, like, I, I cannot possibly see anywhere else, like, okay, like, I never said that, like, you were the one who said, that like, this was okay with you, and now just, like, 180, like, Nothing's fine, nothing's fine. I'm like, okay, whatever. So, yeah, she just stayed in the room and I'm just like, yeah, it's fine. Like, I don't really mind. Um, and from like that time on, like, she would just stay in the room and I'm like, okay, I don't really care. But a lot of the other things, like, she would sleep at the weirdest hours. And I introduced her to a lot of the friends that I made in orientation. Um, so she started becoming friends with them, but then she would like text them to hang out and be like, oh, not inviting Bethany like excuse me but I introduced you and they're clearly my friends first so they would always tell me but they would feel uncomfortable being like yeah like she's not inviting you and I don't know what to do about that I'm like it's fine like I just you can hang out with her it's really fine um then she would complain about me to them but then they'd come and tell me but there's it's like the most ridiculous things like oh I can't sleep because bethany types so loudly on her laptop i'm like i have a mac like everybody else like how loud could i possibly be typing (laughs) i'm just trying to do like homework in my room and it's like 6 p.m like why are you sleeping at 6 p.m and then she's like oh i can't sleep because the light that reflects off of the laptop onto bethany's face is too bright i'm like it's 6 p.m why are you sleeping at just let it out yeah let it out And it's like, why does it need to be pitch black and completely silent for you to sleep? It's literally 6 p.m. I'm trying to do work in my room or just relax and watch Netflix. But no, you can't sleep because of the light that reflects off from from my laptop onto my face is too bright. (laughs) Face the other way. Face the other way. Damn it. I can't. so annoying and then like amazing one of the most annoying things was like whenever she got sick like you don't just you don't just like stuff yourself into like a little box when you're sick you have to like take care of yourself like open the window like let like let the air circulate she would just like box the the room up and like not open any windows it was so stuffy in there and I felt like there was no way that I would not get sick because like these the room the air was never circulating in there. And I was like, okay, this is my room too. Like I need to sleep in here. And I just like always got sick too, no matter like how much vitamin C or like emergency I, I took. Mm-hmm, because no. just like she would, wouldn't want to open any of the windows to circulate the air. So I'm like, this is just horrible. Like I'm not trying to get sick all the time. And she would never vacuum and her hair was all over the floor and it was just like please vacuum and don't eat my food without asking if you ask that's fine please like help yourself if I say please help yourself to my food that's fine but if you don't ask and I never said please help yourself don't eat my food without asking I don't understand that's no, okay. like, were you brought up by heathens I don't know but no I've like met her family and everyone's really nice and stuff so I thought I don't understand like I'm sure she was struggling on her own so I don't want to judge and I have any bad notions but this is what I heard from my friends that she complained to about me so was were things lost in translation please let me know because a lot of people know who this is so <laughs> Oh, oh my god I cannot just all your all your virgo just came out right now like the whole laundry list of dirty things yeah there's just like a lot of drama and see the thing is I felt like I did the right thing after my friends complained to me I went to I like had a conversation with her. like hey like so I can I know like there's been a little bit of tension lately I just wanted to ask you if there's anything wrong Um, If there's anything that I'm doing that, like, you don't like, and I think that we should talk about it, um, we should, like, figure it out, like, whatever's bothering you, like, tell me and I can do something about it. She's like, no, nothing's wrong. So I'm like, okay, well, if you want to deny that nothing's wrong, and after I gave you so many opportunities to speak up and say something, then, like, I'm just going to continue about my business doing my thing because then what nothing's am I doing wrong. wrong if I yeah if nothing's wrong then like okay nothing's wrong then but then like you keep complaining to my friends and they're gonna tell me so whatever okay that was horrible you're getting cut off okay but see it wasn't me like I was like maybe it's me maybe it's me but then she had roommate issues with other people so it's like okay it's, it's clearly not on me not okay yet. that's it all right your turn okay was that cathartic for you sorry it it was it was a full-on it was very cathartic okay yeah let it out I still feel a little bit self-conscious about it going up in case people it gets there but well you know I think you prefaced it or maybe you didn't preface it but you said at the end you know people are, are just going through their own thing we're not trying to judge we're just saying from our own experience what happened
1: yeah, it's like this is you are how open I felt about to, the
0: experience. Yeah, reconciliation, whatever. I don't know if you are, you're making faces at oh, me. Oh, uh, of but, course. <laughs> I am open to reconciliation. A lot of the times, like, whenever I see her, I'll say hi, and then she ignores me. So I'm like, okay, so I don't have a problem with you, but it seems like you have a problem with me. But if you're not going to address it or ever talk to me about it, then, like, that's no longer on me.
1: Oh, that's yeah on you. Draw now. the boundary. Yeah. Draw
0: the boundaries. Exactly. See, look, you're learning how to draw boundaries. Good job. I'm proud of you. Okay. T- please okay. tell us. Please tell everybody about your hilarious Oh my gosh. Is so situation. funny. Okay. I actually really liked my two freshman year roommates. We're gonna refer to them as S and L. And um they were fabulous. But we got in a couple of fights and honestly, I feel like it was my fault because I had a terrible now ex boyfriend at the time that we will refer to as Satan because yes. that is how we refer to him. That's how we refer in to him. daily life. Yes. That's not just for the pod or this episode or to protect his anonymity. No, like my mom was really upset about the fact that we called him Satan, but now she too calls him <laughs> Satan occasionally. Yeah. So um, we will refer to him as Satan. And. <laughs> so he like caused a lot of strife in my college years because he was very demanding of my time and energy and I felt like I had to cater everything around him like if he came to visit me he would like come surprises visit me all the time like unexpectedly um and I would be like so excited but then not realize he was literally like just living his life and seeing me whenever he wanted to see me but didn't matter if it was like not what's the word I'm looking for like it didn't fit in with my schedule like it was in, it was inconvenient convenient. basically he yeah. didn't care if it was convenient or inconvenient for me or what plans I had or if I was going to hang out with other people or whatever he would just be like I want to see you now I'm coming and you make time for me um but at the time I was like oh he's so nice he's like surprised visiting me like how romantic I was like I literally hate myself anyways he would like come and it was literally the three of us and we were in a room that was the size of a single dorm room and so it was very small and we had like they two shared a bunk bed and then I was on a loft with my desk and like dresser and everything underneath um and so I was like up in a top bunk basically and he would come stay and then we would have to like squeeze in this tiny bed and so they like would get really annoyed because he would just like come unannounced and I wouldn't give them a heads up even though they asked me to give them a heads up but I was like how can I give you a heads up when he surprised me anyway it was a whole thing and I totally see it from their side and it always caused me so much anxiety when he would tell me he was coming and I would be excited at first that he was coming and then I would get anxious about having to tell my roommates that he was coming and so there were multiple times when I literally made us sleep in the back of his car because I didn't want to like impose on my roommates and so in the dead of winter we would sleep in the back of his like SUV like we would put the seats down or his van and then we would like I would bring all my like big blankets from my dorm room and stuff and he would bring blankets from home and we would sleep in the back of his car. (laughs) Because oh, I just... my gosh. <laughs> That is so stressful. And like we were both students at the time, so like we didn't have a lot of money to just throw around. But like once in a while, we would like be like he would be like, "This is unacceptable." So we're, he we would go, go stay do. at like a Motel Six. Like that was like the oh, peak my... of luxury that we would go <laughs> to stay at a Motel. <laughs> also unacceptable, but peak of luxury is the motel. <laughs> yeah, like peak of luxury. Um, and then one time for Valentine's Day we stayed at like the Sheraton and it was like really nice Ooh. <laughs> anyways um, that was a terrible relationship and we can talk about that in a separate episode but there was this one time that I was home in the dorm and I was just like in my in my feelings so I was like this is my favorite story ever I had this huge puffy comforter that was literally a queen size and it was in my twin. This is on a twin sized bed. yeah. Bed. So it was humongous and puffy. And I was just like kind of like having a bad day. So I was like inside of it, like a little like <laughs> bubble, like a burrito. I and know then, exactly which one it is. It's that like white and pink, with light, pink, pink, pink striped one with the weird yeah. flowers on it. Right. Yes. Yeah. And I heard my two roommates come in from class or whatever and they like were chatting and they came in I feel like I have to whisper because I'm like oh don't whisper so then don't here um but then okay so I was in there they came in and they're like oh is Ariel here and then my one roommate asked she literally climbed up the ladder to the loft to like check if I was in the bed and I was like I'm just gonna stay in here I'm gonna pretend I'm not here because I just like don't feel like t- chatting with them right now and I'm just like not in a good mood and so I just stayed perfectly still and also deep inside of me I was really curious to see if they didn't know I was in there if they would like say shit about me so I was just like I'm gonna like not expose myself so she was like oh L, like Ariel's not here like blah blah blah." and so they like were just chatting and they didn't say anything interesting at all and I was like getting bored and then uh, finally S was like oh my gosh did you see Ariel this morning like getting ready for class like she probably changed her top like five times <laughs> so <laughs> that okay. was the most that was the only thing they said about me but it was so funny because I literally remember no, they that also morning what why do you have such a big comforter oh I don't remember that whatever oh but, I remember you telling me this when it happened and you're like they complained about how big my comforter was yeah, but I'm like okay yeah but like we don't have we we don't have enough well we're not going to waste money on buying a specially made yeah. twin size comforter when we have a million like giant yeah. comforters at home. Our Asian parents will not stand yeah. for that. Um. No. So yeah basically what I remember from that is they didn't say anything actually mean or juicy which I was sad about but also like grateful because honestly they were really nice people and I wish I had more time getting to know them and hanging out with them if it wasn't for Satan I probably like we got along really well when we met in the beginning of the year and then we slowly drifted apart because S actually joined a sorority and I actually thought about it for a long time because she was like coming she was like talking about it a lot before she decided and then she like went through the whole rush process and stuff and was like so stressed about it but it was like fun and exciting and I was kind of like oh I wish like we went through it together it would have been fun um and then l my other roommate was also like super nice they were both like really cool people super nice people um but in general villanova the college i went to i did a seven year so i had three years of undergrad and then i went straight into med school and had a guaranteed spot which was the only reason why i went to villanova and like we were saying before chris our family friend chris literally did the same thing he did villanova drexel seven year track and that's what i did um and I would have I never even looked at Villanova as an option besides the point that I had to like it was affiliated with Drexel and so I had to go through to the seminary um, but it was like this private Catholic school so white like literally the whitest school you could ever imagine yeah, it's called like Vanilla Nova Vanilla Nova is its nickname and it's like all these it's catholic so a lot of people who grew up going to like private catholic school like middle like elementary school middle school high school they just like go to villanova they have like long family history like legacies there um and also a lot of people that area is called the main line right it's a suburb outside of philly that's like super wealthy affluent white community with lots of old money and so a lot of people that go there right now yeah a lot of people that went there were just like super rich white people and so I remember one of my first days there I was like walking around the campus and there was this girl with like a Marc Jacobs laptop case and I was just like blown away I was like I didn't even know that Marc Jacobs made laptop cases (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh I was just like so stunned and I was like even if they did make laptop cases why would you buy A Marc Jacobs laptop case. (laughs) Why? Like just coming from like have a Marc Jacobs laptop case. Yeah, it was just crazy. Like people were always wearing like really nice designer brand things. And so I would cry all the time when I went home and be like, Mom, like I want to have nice things and wear nice things, but I don't have any of these things. I feel like I don't fit in. Everyone like is in groups already and I don't have any friends, blah blah blah. And, like, God bless Grace Kim. Like, I met her when I was a freshman. She was in my same dorm, um, but, like, around the hall. Thank God I met her and, like, some of my other Asian friends at Villanova. Because I literally would not have survived if not for them. Because that place, honestly, really beat me down and made me really hate my Asian-ness. Like, being Asian. I just felt so alien, so different and like, not accepted for who I was. And I felt like people didn't give me the time of day just because of my appearance. Like they saw that I was Asian and were like, wrote me off as a friend didn't even like, want to talk to me or get to know me. And that really hurt me a lot. Um, and I think it made a big impact on my identity and how I felt about being Asian. Like I just hated it. Like I literally erased all my Asianness ness and just tried to be as white, and preppy as I possibly could like I exclusively wore J. Crew, you guys like it was a dark time yeah like the best that we could do was the sale rack at J. Crew. yeah we we shopped a lot at that sale rack it was it was a very dark time um and so yeah I had these like grand visions of college from like movies and books and then that's what happened and it was terrible and I was pretty sure I was depressed for most of it um, but you know what? I made it to med school finally. I was just like, I need to survive these three years. I just need to get through these three years. And then I made like awesome, some of my best friends in med school, um, which was a lot more diverse and a lot more fun. And I feel like I kind of had a little bit of my missing college experience while I was in med school. So that was really nice. But also like my friends from college, thank God. Like, you know who you are. Grace, sunhe Elisa, like forever in my heart, Eliti too. Um Elidia and I weren't really close in college, but I feel like we talk more now, which has been really nice, but, like, those people, you guys literally got me through those three years, so thank you so much. Yeah, like, I um, didn't, I also really hated college. Um, I ended up going to Boston University because, like, I went college visiting with my sister when I was in eighth grade, and I guess, like, she was a sophomore, were you, like, sophomore or junior? Junior. Oh, you were a junior, so that was the time that you were looking at colleges, so the only tour that I went on with you guys was in Massachusetts, so we went to, like, all the schools there, like, Tufts, like, Northeastern. Oh, Um, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and, like, the UBC, and I was like, oh, I really like the city, so I want to come here for school. And I really limited my options. I maybe applied to like four or five colleges. That's one of my biggest regrets because I really wish that I had given myself more options, done more research so that mm-hmm. maybe I could have gone to a school that better suited me. Um, but I also had this very, very similar experience. Like, I never felt the way that I did until college. And I had like my first anxiety attack. Um, I still remember it sophomore year was the first time that I moved off campus to live I had three other roommates I was supposed to live with some friends that I made freshman year but it fell out so then I had like all these random roommates um and it was my first night sleeping in the apartment by myself like I think maybe like one or two I think just one other girl was there at the moment but like we weren't friends like we we just met each other so I just felt so alone and I had like a full-on like panic attack just by myself um it was really really bad and then well I eventually became like such good friends with the girl who um lived there with me her name is E and Mm. like yeah we're still friends we definitely don't keep in touch as much as I can because I just like feel so overwhelmingly busy but um yeah she's like such a great friend so that really worked out for me but in that moment the first night was just so tough and ever since then like I just like felt so overwhelmed from college because I was like I don't have friends like why don't I have friends but I just felt like because B was such a big school you could never you could like actually go all four years without seeing someone you met like the first day of college mm-hmm. if you didn't purposely go and seek them out and that happened to me a lot because I don't think that I was like one of those people that stood out being like oh my gosh like I want to be her friend automatically I wasn't like super outgoing or anything I was like very introverted um, I definitely tried to like be talkative and stuff but you know orientation is hard for a lot of people and it just seems mm-hmm. like a lot of people already like had friends so it's like why would they want to be friends with me but like I tried to like keep going at the people that I met in orientation and some of like the groups that I did and sometimes I feel like oh maybe should I have done Greek life because maybe I would have had like automatic friends mm-hmm. um, which would have been nice especially more girlfriends because like a lot of all, pretty much all of the college friends that I keep in touch with other than you are guys, and I feel like this happens to me a lot because, like, a lot of my high school friends are guys as well, but like, they're just like some of my absolute best friends. And we talk like every other week, um, and it's like as much as we can. And whenever we can, we like want to visit one another. Like, they're asking me to, they really love Philly, so they want to keep coming back to Philly. But like, because of the pandemic, we're like obviously waiting things out, but I miss them a lot, and they're the best. We always talk about like cats and what's going on (laughs) because we all we all love cats and my one friend recently adopted two cats so he's super excited so we've been talking about cats a lot but yeah I actually really enjoyed my last year at BU because of these few friends and um overall I felt like I wouldn't go back on the experience yeah I do enjoy Boston I don't think I would ever want to live there again because like that was tough living in such an expensive city as like a broke college student but I think it's like a really fun family place to live and also to visit because it's just like very historic it's very beautiful There's a lot of like fun things to do and when it's like warm outside it's so fun um but there's like a lot of neighborhoods and stuff that I didn't explore because I just like didn't have friends to do things with for a while. Um, so I definitely would love to go back and visit my friends some more so I can do more like Boston things with them because we love to hang out. Um, so I definitely miss them a lot. And I do enjoy that I, my time in Boston. It just wasn't what I expected as well. Like college just didn't pan out what I thought like, oh, I'm gonna have so many girlfriends, like we're gonna be friends forever. Like we're gonna like plan each other's weddings, like that kind of stuff like that obviously didn't happen but yeah Yeah. I yeah I think like looking back on my experience um I had such a horrible first like two two and a half years but I always tell people like when my friends like okay one of my friends Radhika she didn't love living in New York but I was like don't like let it go past you without experiencing the city because you'll never if you hate it you won't ever want to live there again but you're living in New York City so enjoy Mm -hmm. it while you can like do everything that you can because like this opportunity is not going to come up again if you don't like living in that city but Mm -hmm. like that city is like notoriously a, a great place to like go to new places like try new things um there's like a ton of things to do and see so yeah cherish it while you can because before you know it like you will look back on it and be like wow I should have done more or like tried to be in the moment more and enjoy myself because now that I look back I'm just like wow college went by so fast
1: and yeah.
0: I didn't even think that I was going to end up going to college one day I don't know why crazy <laughs> person but then college literally went by in the blink of an eye because like I was just waiting for it to be over waiting 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 every single day every single year and then it's over and I'm like oh, I wish I could go back and really enjoy myself. Yeah, I I feel the same. I think I was just like, let me just get through it. Like I just need to make it to med school. Like it's just something I need to get over with. But like thinking about it now, like going to the library with friends or like grabbing coffee together and just like like I late night don't know. dining. Yeah, like the college like coziness. I feel like now that we're further removed from it, we can kind of separate the good from the bad and just try and remember the good parts and how nice those things were so you know sometimes it's good to have some time pass and to get perspective on your older experiences um I don't know if I would do it again I think if I were to do it again I would want to be single for sure I think that would have been a lot better because I think or or just like not be with the person that I was with because I think that really was part of the reason my experience was so bad. It just like really negatively impacted it. But we could talk about that in um like a relationship Uh, episode. So but yeah, I actually didn't mind being with Krishna all throughout college because I'm pretty sure okay, maybe like 90% sure. Show and Dan let me know. Do you actually like Krishna more than you like me? Because can't (laughs) tell. Yeah, but it's great because, like, they get along really well. Um, Yeah, that's always good when you're really fun. Get along with whoever you're dating. I know. And then we took, like, graduation photos, and they're like, Yeah, like, Bethany, like, you can't be in this one. Like, we're taking a picture with Christian." It's so cute. Okay, thank you. Um, That's fine. Yeah, but it's really cute. Okay, let's do one card. Okay. Do you want to do level one, two, or three? Two. Okay. Ooh, this is a good one. Maybe we shouldn't do this one because it's we're gonna talk forever. Okay, I'll just read it to you. Do you think the image you have of yourself matches the image people see you as? The image of myself. I don't really know what image I have of myself. You know? I don't. Really- I don't really think that I have an image of myself. I think that I just like. I think I used to. I really used to have an image of myself. It was just like, I'm nice, I'm friendly, small I'm Asian, like, and I just like was a perfectionist, and I don't know. I feel like that was about it, and I didn't really have anything outside of that bubble for myself. And it's like, oh, like I'm good at DIY and I like crafts and like those are I enjoy doing my hobbies and whatever but I just felt like in this bubble of the Asian child I have to be well-rounded I have to like have hobbies and music I have to be smart I have to like be able to do some sports I have to be like fun and outgoing all that kind of stuff and that's kind of what I saw myself as but like that wasn't really who I was and now I'm just like I don't really think that I have an image of myself because I'm just like doing whatever being the person that I want to be when I want to be. And I just let myself feel the emotions that I feel and act the way that I want. Do you know do you get know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I I'm have not trying similar, to force myself into a box. I have a similar feeling, but I guess how I see myself, it's like I'm very multifaceted. I have lots of like specific and interesting things like interests that I am very into like um, being spiritual or like being into astrology and like doing our podcast together and very relational person like I'm very invested in my relationships I think more now than I was before growing up Um, I care a lot about the people in my life and it's important to me that they know that I care about them at all times um, I'm like, I love to talk about stuff like all the time. I think that's like the relational side is like my Scorpio side and the chatting all the time and like getting really deep and communicating a lot um, is my Gemini side. Um, like just being chatty and like, I don't know, like whenever I call you, I'm just like, oh, let's have a chat, whatever. Even if I'm just like walking home from work and it's like 10 minutes. Um, but I think the way that people see me is like, like a cardboard cutout of who I actually am like this guy one time he obviously didn't mean it in a bad way he meant it as a compliment but it cut a little bit because he was like we were talking about like what we thought of each other when we first met he was like oh I just thought you were another Asian girl but then after like getting to know you and stuff I realized like you're really not you're like cool Asian and I was like okay but like mm, what does that mean you know yeah So I, I feel like the way people see me and perceive me is different than how I actually am and I think that's true for a lot of Asian Americans people just like see us as an Asian girl or an Asian American and they don't imagine what the possibilities are and that they don't see us as like complex human beings yeah I agree I, I feel like this ties into one of our cards from before like how like the surprise one like how do we surprise one another but I was like I don't think like we, I surprise you because like you understand that I'm multifaceted, but like Mm -hmm. a lot of times I surprise my friends because like I do things that they don't really expect from me Mm -hmm. because like, but like not in a bad way, but like how they're like, oh, you fit into like this Asian box and you're only like Asian stuff, but just like things that like I do that is just like not maybe customary for just like someone who looks like me or like acts like me or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. So the takeaway here is don't box us in. We are full complex people and we want to be your friend. Yeah you want to do the tofu dish of the week? Oh, yes. Let's do tofu dish of the week because I keep forgetting. You keep forgetting. Um, show keeps wanting me. Show is one of my college friends. Show keeps wanting me to say tofu dish of the week, but I only did it one time. Yeah, the first, literally the first episode. And we will time. try to be better and remember. Okay, so what's this week? So our tofu dish of the week. We are Taiwanese American and the best tofu dish ever. It is Taiwanese. It's well, the name isn't great in English, but it's so delicious once you get used to the smell. It's called stinky tofu. How do you say it in Chinese? To tofu, which means literally like smelly tofu. <laughs> it's like a fermented tofu. Yeah. And you like fry it up in this sauce. It's like crispy, it's so <sighs> crispy. So and you good. serve it with it's called like pao tai, which is like also fermented vegetables but in like this sour yeah like kind of like sour sauerkraut but not wet sour brine like a sour like a brine pickle. like a pickle yeah kind of. like a pickled um cabbage. like pickled cabbage and other like different vegetables in it, but mostly it's like cabbage and it's so good once like you get imagine, used to the snow, get over it it's delicious yeah i feel like to make it more palatable even though we don't need to make it more palatable like if you don't want to eat it it's fine um but like if I I compare it to like a really crispy sourdough like how sourdough is like has that like sour fermented taste it's kind of similar to that but a little bit more pungent and strong so if you like that kind of vibe then you should try stinky tofu yes agreed but you should try stinky tofu regardless because well yeah it's iconic it's truly iconic it's like Mm -hmm. one of Taiwan's most famous dishes
1: it um, is and for a we reason
0: love it. we love yeah it's it. like the perfect night market snack oh we should have we need to have a taiwan episode talk about yes. everything Taiwan, all the food all the times oh lauren's gonna love this episode she yeah. has been begging me to talk about like food and recipes on the pod so we'll definitely okay. do that one i'm very excited for that all right that's the pod yeah bye everyone thanks for listening i hope you enjoyed this week's podcast bye Thanks for hanging out with us. If you want to chat between episodes, you can find us on the internet at abtofuhouse on Instagram and Twitter, or you can email us at abtofuhouse at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voice message and be featured in the podcast. Just use the link in the show notes. Subscribe and follow us wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review and share us with your friends. It really helps us to reach more people and grow the community. Our podcast is produced by us and our super catchy theme song and beats are by Audrey Sansu. Thanks for listening. See you on the internet.